we're burning a few hundred grand per month right now. Um, you know, we're not at profitability yet by any means. Uh, that being said, we can actually get there. I'm actually confident that if we wanted to, you know, we can be pretty careful with how we grow the business and get to the point where we're actually at a break even, you know, within a year. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We've got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Eric Adler. He is a Central Oregon native, Cal Poly graduate, and startup founder with a passion for entrepreneurship. Whether it be building a tech company from the ground up, investing in real estate, or flipping cars on Craigslist, he's got a desire to construct his own success and inspired, and this has inspired his actions, now building a company called Flume Water, an intelligent water monitoring system. Eric, you ready to take us to the top? Yep, I am. Let's do it. All right. So, I mean, you know, this is great. You're a hustler. You're a capitalist. But I mean, what got you into water monitoring? What got us into water marching was the drought in California. Um, we started this as a Cal Poly senior project back in 2015 uh, when California realized, you know, basically how screwed they were because we have limited water resources and 38 million people living in the state. So we're trying to f- figure out a way to basically help people understand how much water they're using and kind of bridge that gap. Okay. So how does it work? Is it a pure play SaaS model or just a hardware sale or what? We're starting with the initial hardware sale. We do have a SaaS model long-term, um, but initially we need to get the hardware out there, begin gathering data, and then we can turn on the recurring revenue. Okay, so if I want to sign up for this thing, what's the hardware going to cost me as a consumer? The hardware's going to cost you $199. So you can buy it on Amazon, you can buy it on our website, but it's $199 right now online. Okay, and um, when did you start selling these? When was your first sale? Our first sale was actually pilot programs to insurance companies probably two years ago. Um, and then we began selling on e-commerce platforms about December of last year. So, so pretty recently. And when did you launch the business? The business launched in 2015. Uh, it took about two years of R&D before we really had any product in the field. How much cash did you have to, have to sink into this thing before your first dollar of revenue? It's a good question. Um, believe it was about $2 million before we got our first dollar revenue, which is pretty low, actually, for an IoT company. Yeah, so software people are going to be listening to this going, this guy sounds young. Like, how do you get so rich or where to get this money from or rich parents or trust fund or what's the story? Yeah, far far from rich parents or a trust fund. That'd be nice. Uh, no, we actually raised a lot from angel investors on the central coast of California. So, I mean, we have a lot of investors involved. Uh, the typical check size is like 25K. So we've looped in, you know, a lot of angels initially. Um great investment base. And now we've gotten some recent venture money, but from small seed funds as well. So how much was the first round total? 
First round total was 250K. Second. <laughs> it's very small. Uh, one million. And third? third? 750. So these were all convertible notes at basically multiple caps that kept growing. Uh, and then recently we did 3 million. On a price on equity a price round. Equity, on a price equity round. Correct. So you have about you 5 million in the company today. Total. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So 5 million in, um, were you able to clean up the cap table from all those early convertible notes or do you have literally like a hundred people listed on your cap table? We were able to clean it up. I mean, they're all on the cap table. Um, but I was very happy to finally convert those notes over and not be dealing with, you know, all the different interests, the different dates. So it's all clean now. Um, but yes, things get messy when you finally do that price round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Well, so you, you made it through that. Now, how did you, I mean, what was the story you told this last round of equity investment, the 3 million? And by the way, when was that? Uh, this closed about five months ago. Okay, so what was the story you told those equity investors in terms of getting the valuation you wanted, why you were having success, you know, why you're going to be a breakout winner? So I think what they were really excited about is seeing that what we were gathering, the data we were gathering on water was useful across a variety of different channels. Um, so if you just look at this on Amazon or look at it on our website, you know, it looks like this hardware, this gadget. Um, but at the end of the day, there are all these different customers out there that want water data. Um, you know, you interviewed Asaf Wan not too long ago with Hippo Insurance. They are looking for uh, data on water usage and leaks. Um, you know, looking at like irrigation channels, they want that information as well. Water utilities are looking for data too. Um, so there's the consumer aspect of it, but really kind of Flume being in the center of this water universe is what got these investors excited about what we're doing. Yeah. And explain like how this installation works, right? So I'm looking at the hardware. There's like a cylinder that looks like I could hold it pretty easily in my hand and then like a rectangle box thing that's about the, you know, three times the size of the round kind of funnel. How do these things actually fit into the water system? Yeah, it looks pretty rudimentary right now. It's our V1 product. It's going to be more beautiful down the road here. (laughs) Um, But it doesn't need to be pretty, right? No one sees it. Yeah, right, right. It just has to work. And that was our initial goal. Um, So the real innovation here compared to anyone else in the market is that you don't need a plumber come out. You do not need to cut any pipes in order to install our product. So nearly every home out in the market has a water meter on it. That's how you get your water bill from the city. And those water meters have little magnets inside of them that spin. So that black box that you see is actually a sensor that goes on the side of the existing meter and monitors that movement through the meter. Um, you don't need a plumber come out. You don't need to break any pipes. You can install it in about 10 minutes and you have leak detection and water monitoring across your entire property, both indoor and outdoor. Um, no one's been able to do that. And that's kind of the main innovation with what we've developed. Patented? Patent pending right now. Okay. So haven't had to defend. It's not issued and haven't had to defend it yet. Yep. Not yet, but we're yep. getting there. It's a, it's a process. I can imagine. Okay. So what are these little devices? I mean, what do they cost you to make? And do you do them kind of domestically or internationally, China, somewhere else? Uh, we start out domestically here in California. Of course, our cost of goods were very high. You know, we weren't making much margin off that. Uh, now we're going overseas. Um, I can't tell you exactly what our cost of goods are, but I can say, you know, it's under a hundred dollars per unit. What so was it in California? Margin on the product. Um, we're always battling with trying to drive that unit cost down and also make sure that the quality stays just as high. Um, we're still doing low volume here. So as we kind of go up to higher volume, that price point goes down, that, that cost of goods goes down significantly. Yeah. Eric, just start and stop your video real quick. Cause you froze on me and reset that, but we'll keep chatting in the meantime. So when you were still in uh, California doing the manufacturing, what was your, what was your, how, I mean, how expensive was it? When we initially started out, our cost of goods was hovering around $130 in California. Okay, okay got it. And you've been able to drive it now below 100 by moving overseas. 
Yep. Okay, that's great. So let me ask you a question, right? I mean, why why not? I mean, if your software platform, which is going to be higher margin, more data, more valuable over time, is dependent on the hardware install, wouldn't you be fighting like heck to subsidize these installs, not trying to make a 70, 80, 90, $100 margin on each of those hardware sales? That's, that's like pennies compared to what you're trying to build. Right, right. So there are some pretty cool ways we can do that. Um, we're actually working with water utilities all over the country, and they are actually subsidizing that cost. Um, so for example, in San Antonio, right next to you know, nearby where you are, San Antonio is paying us $150 in rebates per unit that we sell. So for customers, they only have to pay 50 bucks and we're able to still gather that $150 cost or the $150 um, revenue. Uh, and that way for the consumer, you know, it's not too expensive. And we can also begin to drive some SaaS revenue off of the portal side of the business, which is a software platform that basically allows you to see this data um, from a master portal view. And what do consumers pay for that? This is actually not a consumer play. So this is the utility play. This is where the utilities are able to log in and see this information across a city um, and access that data from those customers' homes. And the customers are opting in to share that data by taking advantage of these rebate programs. So it's kind of like like B to G business to government kind of or Yeah, it is a little bit business to government. It's kind of B2B to C, if you will. You know, we're working with utilities. They're a channel to get us to the customer, but they're also a customer for us. Okay. So these these utility management companies that are paying you to access the the software component. Obviously, it sounds like you're in the early innings of this, but what do they pay on average to access the tech? Uh, it's small. You know, we're talking like a dollar per user per month. Okay. Okay. Got it. A dollar a user a month. That's good. And then how does this mature? Like, how do you see this maturing over time? Right. So when does a software business become bigger than the hardware business? It's a really good question. Um, we see these integrations becoming more and more value as basically as we get, you know, more units out into the field. So we're not, what are you at right now, by the way, how many units in the field? We're approaching like 10,000 units. So still small, but but getting to, you know, a reasonable number of customers out there. Um, so we're not anticipating charging these utilities more on a monthly basis for that data, but we're, we're anticipating turning on different channels. So, so companies also want to know how much water is being used outdoor, and they want to integrate that with their irrigation controllers. Um, insurance companies like Hippo uh, want these units to be in customers' home and potentially would be willing to share some of that cost savings with us uh, in order to get these units in customers' homes. So <clears throat> we'd like to not you know, burden the consumer market with another subscription fee that you have to pay for and find ways to get that revenue from kind of third parties that we're working with. Mm-hmm. So how many of those utility management companies <laughs> right now are paying for at least, you know, one user per month? It's small. It, we're kind of in the beta stage. So we have a couple right now. Like three, four? With, right? Yeah, like three, four. Okay, yeah. got it. And now do do all of your 10,000 shipped units fall under one of these management companies? So you're doing, I mean, if it was full capacity, it'd be $10,000 a month, a dollar per user per month across four customers. So we have a couple lines of business. We have the utility channel where we're actually selling through those utilities and they are basically advertising our product to customers and customers are buying it. Then we also have direct consumer sales on Amazon and Amazon is becoming a large channel for us as well. Um, Right now, we're not getting that recurring fee from Amazon sales because that's just a direct consumer sale and we're not necessarily working with a utility in that region yet. But what it does is it also kind of opens up these doors to have conversations with those utilities and say, hey, you know, you have 500 customers in your region that have Flume devices. It's time we actually start talking. So of the 10,000, how many have come from Amazon? 
Uh, probably about 60% of them have come from Amazon. So okay. a significant portion. Got it. Okay, that's helpful. So you you have 4,000 that have kind of been driven from utilities pushing them forward. Uh, what I'm trying to back into right now is it, I'm, I'm sure it's it's pretty low because you're just getting going, but what are you doing per month right now on the SaaS side of things, like two, 3,000 a month? It's small. Yeah, you're you're in that it's in that ballpark. Low, low thousands. Yep. Okay, good. And um, how do you I mean, for people that are buying this directly through Amazon, what's their incentive? Why are people why do people care about monitoring their water personally unless they're just like a really good person and care about the environment? <laughs> yeah, you can't sell just based on being a really good person. We figured that out. <laughs> um, you know, most reviews we read, it's someone who, you know, came home to their vacation house, they opened their door and water started pouring out, or they got hit with a thousand dollar water bill because they had a toilet leak that was running that they didn't know about. Um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, it's not a sexy space at all. Like leak detection's not sexy, right? But it's a real problem that people experience quite often. About 50% of homes throughout the country have had water damage. So once someone has experienced that, they never want it to happen again. And spending 199 bucks to fix that problem is a pretty nominal cost. Yeah, you should connect with uh, Scott Stratford, who runs a company called AirDNA. Uh, they they basically sell to Airbnb homeowners, and they've sold to what did he tell me? He was just on the show. They've sold to 6,500 Airbnb owners, and this is like something that pops up all the time with those guys. I bet you would he, he right. he'd sell a crap ton of these units for you. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to connect up with that. You know, a couple of their channels we're opening up here: HOAs and property managers. Uh, as well as, you know, specifically vacation property managers is a, is a market that makes a lot of sense for us. No, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay, good. So you've sold 10,000 units, average price point, 200 bucks. So there's essentially 2 million there and kind of top line sales, depending on what your margin is, you move from California to overseas, you maybe made five, six, 700 grand uh, in terms of the margin there, the rest of the revenue or the, the rest of the way that you're supporting yourself is through the, the funding that you've raised, correct? correct? Correct. Yeah. So how aggressive are you being? I mean, when you look at your total burn right now per month, I mean, how negative is it? You know, we're burning, we're burning a few hundred grand per month right now. Um, you know, we're not at profitability yet by any means. Uh, that being said, we can actually get there. I'm actually confident that if we wanted to, you know, we could be pretty careful with how we grow the business and get to the point where we're actually at a break even, you know, within a year. Um, there's, there's quite a few factors we're looking at right now. Uh, you know, I'm not too confident in what the economy is going to be like a year from now. So we're trying to be careful with our burn. Um, also looking at potentially raising some more money here soon. Um, so weighing in a few different factors to how we grow. Yeah. If you just raised five months, months ago, $3 million, but you're burning $200,000 per month. I mean, that's the only raise for like a 10 or 12 month runway. Why didn't you raise more capital back on the last raise? You know, we we're burning, but that's not including revenue. So that's just, I'm just saying, Oh, that's total burn. That's sorry. What's sorry, net so burn? Our net burn. I'm not going to you know exact numbers on it, but it's you know about half that. So we oh, have okay. the ability to last for quite a while. We're doing fine on, on burn. Yeah. God, you got you have more like 30 months of runway. Your your net burns maybe like 100 grand a month. You have much more runway. We have more runway. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. Okay, what about churn? So every company that I've had on where there is a combination of kind of IoT like hardware plus SaaS, the churn is really low because once someone installs this thing in their house, they're not going to stop, right? So what, do you see that as well? What's your churn the past 12 months? Yeah, and we have no churn right now because we're not we're not talking about you know customers paying a monthly fee for the product. So once it's installed, we own that customer. We're in that house. What we're focused on doing is keeping our engagement incredibly high. Um, on average, right now we have customers that are checking in on the app about once every two days. And the customer, is, sorry, is the utility person or the homeowner? There's two customers. So there's the utility, there's the, and there's the homeowner. But right now I'm talking about the homeowner themselves because that's really where most of our effort is focused. Um, so we have homeowners that are logging in about once every two days, checking in on their home, 
making sure they don't have any leaks. So the engagement is really high. And what that is important for is if you ever want to upsell something, right? If you want to encourage those customers to, hey, maybe switch over to a different insurance carrier because you can get a discount for having Flume installed um, or you can get a rebate from your utility. Uh, you know, you want to keep those customers engaged. So we're trying to ensure that we have this ongoing relationship with our customers. That's good. Now you mentioned now you're doing two, $3,000 a month uh, in terms of SaaS sales. Give me a sense of velocity on terms of new hardware units you're moving per month today. We're doing in the ballpark about a thousand units per month. Okay. Um, pretty healthy. Beginning to, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We're beginning to turn on different channels. Um, you know, Best Buy, Home Depot, Costco, looking at the retail channels to turn on and also looking at these strategic partnerships in the irrigation space and the insurance space. And where were you um, a year so, ago if you're moving a grand per month today in terms of units? <laughs> we were doing like 100 units every other month. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so we were doing basically nothing. Um, you know, it's in the ballpark of 7x growth from last yeah. year. Um, so that's so, the yeah. story you sell to increase your valuation to raise more capital without getting diluted. Right. What's the team size today? Team's about 25 people, uh, about 16 of those are full-time employees, the rest are contractors. So pretty lean, uh, but have a really, really good team. We've only lost one person over the past four years of business. That's which pretty is good. Exciting. How many engineers? Yeah. It's heavy on engineering. Uh, we have about 15 on the kind of the technical slash engineering side under okay. R&D. Okay, so I mean, you only have 16 full-time, 15 are engineers. Who's the lone wolf? <laughs> no, I'm saying part, that's including contractors and full-time, 15. So we have 25 people total. About 15 of those are on the R&D umbrella. How many rep, um, auto-carrying reps? Uh, in terms of like sales side, we have about four of us working on sales and marketing. Do, do you carry quotas though? Do you have that like model out well enough or no? It's We, we aren't really carrying quotas right now. Um, one of the big challenges, especially in the utility space, is you can't push too hard, right? I mean, if you're trying to sell to utilities like you're selling a used car, it's just never going to work. You have people run away. So you have to work with them. It's about building a relationship in the utility market in order to actually get a sale. Yep. That makes sense. Um, when you tell the story and you go out and raise this past 3 million, do you bill yourself as a SaaS company to get SaaS like valuations or do you bill yourself like a hardware company and get much less favorable hardware sale, you know, valuations? Yeah. You know, it's not like we went out and raised at a hundred million dollar valuation. I would you know, love if we could do that. Um, but we are of course presenting the long-term vision of becoming a SaaS company, you know, having this data play. Um, we do have, which I didn't mention before, actually, we have about 5% of our customers right now that actually are paying a recurring annual fee. Um, there is this kind of pro level of service we're offering in a very specific region in California. We're working with one utility in that region to try out this model. How much um, do they pay per month? 50, it's not per month. Per year, we're charging $49 per year. Okay, well, 500 times um, 49, so that's like 25 per- grand a year. Say that again. 500 paying 49 bucks a year is 25 grand a year in extra revenue. Right, right. So there, there's a big opportunity there, right? And so we've proven that there are customers that are willing to pay 50 bucks per year as basically this service model. Um, and so we are considering kind of moving to that larger scale, um, but we're testing it out in that market and it's a really good proof point for us. Yeah. Um, what does it cost you fully weighted to get a new hardware sale? It's not too bad. Um, our, I can't give you our exact CAC, uh, but you know we're sitting in the, I'll just say 25 to 35% uh, of our overall price. Uh, okay, so you spend like 50, 60 bucks to get a $200 sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and the reason I'm asking is I'm trying to get a sense of like, like how aggressive can, I mean, can you pour marketing on this thing and explode it, right? And it sounds like maybe you can, maybe you can't. 
So what's cool about this space is that it's completely untapped market, right? There's 70 million single family homes out there, only about, including our competition, only about 25,000 of them have some sort of smart water monitoring system. Um, our competition's got an investment from companies like Moen, uh, Belkin's put money into this space. And what they're doing is they're actually going out running TV ads. They're putting money into Amazon. They're advertising online. But what's beautiful about that is that customers are then becoming aware of this market. You know, we have to create market awareness. Sure. And when they go search for this, they go on Amazon, type in smart water monitoring, let's say. And Flume is the number one they search that pops up. Um, we're leading the market on there. So we can dump more money into it, but our competition also dumping money into this is helping to drive awareness in the market. Good. Eric, we're out of time. Let's wrap up quickly with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Um, I'd actually say the, the first book I read right when we started out was The Mom Test. Uh, so I think that was very helpful when we were going out and talking to customers. Um, so easy to you know, convince yourself that everyone wants this. So just reading that you know, and understanding you know, what's a real response. Number is two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? I follow kind of some friend CEOs that are also going just, to come just name space. one. Uh, a soft one though is one that I would follow. You know, Hippo and of course Bezos as well. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your company? Intercom. Number four, how many hours of sleep you get every night? Six to seven. Okay, that's good. And what's your situation? Married, single, kids? Single. No yep. kids running around. How old are you? Okay, twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. And last question: What do you wish your twenty-year-old self knew? Uh, that building an IoT company is quite hard. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, there, there you have it. Flume Water Smart Home Monitoring System. Over 10,000 units shipped today. They each charge, they charge about 200 bucks for that. So there's 2 million there in sales. Margins obviously there less than, you know, more than, uh, well, they, it's less than $100 to build a $200 piece of hardware. So you can back back yourself on a margin there. But there is a, hard, a software component as well on the back side of that. Utility companies pay uh, a subscription fee, a dollar per user per month to monitor people in their area or their region that have installed these monitors. They've raised $5 million to do this burning total call it a couple hundred thousand dollars per month and and then obviously net burn more in the hundred thousand dollar range so plenty of runway to figure out what they want to do as eric looks to scale eric thanks for taking us to the top yeah thank you